Welcome to another Living Loved Podcast. I'm Drew Jarrett, and with me today, as always, is friend and brother in Christ, Jim Richter, child of God, husband, father, now a grandfather, and pastor of the Vine Church in Walker, Michigan. The world is constantly asking me to trust it. There's no way I'm going to do that, uh, not after my experiences. So many people have grown up, and they feel like I can't trust I am just the sinful, weak human. We know that people are sinful. We know that they're going to hurt us again. And to willingly walk into that minefield, that's some advanced love there. First of all, you have been hurt. That is real. And that is the world we live in. How do I trust things? How do I trust people? How do I trust the world? How do I trust God? And do I? How is God different from everything else? I can't trust either. I know I can't. But God gives me birth and He gives me life through this gospel. And there it tells me that He loves me when I don't love. It tells me that He forgives me when I don't deserve forgiveness. That's love. It shows me that He came to this world to rescue me. He died for my every sin and He rose in victory. And He says He's going to be with me even when I'm a jerk. That's love and that's who I trust. In our conversations, we never know what the whole Holy Spirit might want to show us as we struggle together while we discover what it means to live loved. It's just two guys struggling on a journey. I think that's appealing. You are welcome to join us today as we discuss living loved as sons and daughters of God the Father and sisters and brothers of His Son Jesus. You are welcome to come along for the ride and discover as we do what the Spirit may want to show us, maybe for the first time. How do I trust things? How do I trust people? How do I trust the world? How do I trust God and do I? The simple answer is, well, it was the way I was raised. I can't trust anybody. You know, the world is constantly asking me to trust it. and There's no way I'm going to do that. Uh, Not after my experiences. Mm -hmm. But that's too simple of an answer for me. I see the creepings of fear at the edges of that explanation. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be a slave to that anymore. I want to be in control. At least I don't want my fear to be in control. Fear is not even my fear. It's something foreign to the Christian. We don't even want fear. Fear is not from us. So, I don't want that like a virus inside me clouding everything I do and, you know, specifically ruining my relationships. And we know that people are sinful. We know that they're going to hurt us again. And to willingly walk into that minefield to trust, that's some advanced love there. Mm-hmm. How do you trust? It just doesn't seem like I can. I, I want to trust, but I just, I don't know if I can. And your comment to me was, trust is impossible. You can't trust. That's why we need to be born again. Yeah, and that was just a quick answer, but that's what where we come in the end give God glory because he only can give us space but I think in the beginning first of all to acknowledge that you have been hurt and to acknowledge that it is real and that is the world we live in so many people have grown up and they feel like I can't trust mom and dad. Their relationship broke up. I thought I was going to have a safe home. I didn't. Because of that, I experienced some real bad pain. Other people did to me, and I did to myself because of bad decisions. I just can't trust that. You know, there's a deep-seated lack of trust in institutions. I mean, people are like, well, you can't trust the church because they're all pedophiles, you know. I mean, obviously, that's lumping everything together, you know, making a statement. But that's how people genuinely feel. And how can I trust God? I can't see him. I see him clearly. You know, I see him in creation around us. 
I see him in a human being who's created with a conscience. Like, why do we say there's right and wrong if we're just evolved creatures and it's survival of the fittest? I can go into that for hours because I don't believe evolution is scientific. I believe it's faith. And it takes a lot more faith to believe that than it does to believe there's a God who loves us and made us. But we live in a world where those are the realities. Like, you can't trust God. You can't see him. Yeah. Jesus was a historical figure, yeah. We know from Scripture and accounts outside of Scripture, he was doing supernatural things. But yeah, you know, that was a long time ago. Yeah, you know, it's hard to prove he didn't rise from the dead. You see the church and everything the church has done and all those eyewitness accounts. But, you know, I didn't see him. So it's easy for people to push that aside. Okay, so acknowledge that trust is hard. And I told you, impossible, we'll get to that. But here's the big question, Drew. If you're not trusting God, then what are you trusting? Because you're trusting something. If you're not trusting God, if you can't trust God, then what are you trusting? Who are you trusting? For me, it's nothing and no one. And I'm just trying to survive every day. And I don't even know how you define that. Okay, so if it's nothing and no one, then there's still something that you're clamoring for to give you some kind of stability or security. So Um, are you talking like the food in the cupboard and the refrigerator? Sure, food, money. Often put your finger on like what you're trusting is what you fear most. What's your greatest fear? How does that translate? So, like, there's things I fear. One of the things is that I don't have value. So then your fear with that would be not being respected, not being honored. Your fear would be ultimately not being able to provide for the family, feeling like a failure if you don't. If we're afraid that we're not going to have money, then we're trusting money. If we're afraid that we're going to get the COVID virus, then we're trusting our health. We spend a lot of money and we spend a lot of energy and time sanitizing our hands and getting the right kind of mask and staying away from people. Right, we're trusting ourselves, right? And, And ultimately, this all translates back into... If you don't trust God, then what are you going to trust? Because you're going to trust something. You're going to grab onto something. In our culture, people trust their education, their careers, their money. You know, they trust things to bring them joy or peace or whatever. It's the same old thing. You're going to trust something. It's just the way the human heart works. And a lot of times you can put your finger on that with fear. So all of this is to say I'm heading a direction with this, okay? It's interesting because where Jesus is teaching us not to be anxious, chapter 12, he goes into this whole thing about don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, your body, what you'll put on. Life is more than food. The body's more than clothes. You know, look at the birds in the air. I take care of them. You're worth much more than them. But in that section, to get our attention, what Jesus does is he says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and have nothing more that they can do. And so in that, we could translate that. Don't fear people. Don't fear not having enough money, not having enough clothes, not having enough food, not having things that make me happy or entertainment or health. Don't fear that stuff. It's really what you're trusting. And then he says, they can't ultimately do anything for you. They don't love you. They don't care about you. And then he says, but I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he is killed has authority to cast you into hell. 
Yes, I tell you, fear him. Listen to the next sentence. Like after telling us, yeah, he's got power to throw you in hell. He's the only one with actually legitimate power. Like money doesn't really have power. It's an inanimate object. We can do things with it if we have it, but it doesn't love you. And then he says, but God, he's got real power. And then he says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, for you are more value than many sparrows. So what Jesus does is he takes the negative to the extreme. Like, okay, you're trusting something, Drew. And all of us are. I mean, I'm not, I'm just talking to you because you brought up trust. You're trusting something. Actually, the reciprocal of that is you're afraid of losing something because you're trusting it. So you're, you're either trusting yourself or money or health or whatever okay we all do leisure for our joy friends people he says don't do that don't do that trust god he's the one that really has power and he really 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 loves you so that really doesn't answer the question like how do i trust but it does answer this question like i don't have trust that's a that's not true that is absolutely positively not true Every single person on the face of this earth has trust in something. An evolutionist, they say, no, I don't believe in God. I don't have a trust in God. I don't believe he's there. And I'm like, wait a second. You trust something. You trust that instead of a God who meticulously made humans and the earth and biospheres and solar systems in a perfect balance so we could live, instead of trusting that God who made you and loves you, you trust chance. You trust fate. You trust something. Let me tell you, you have greater faith than me. Everybody has faith. Everybody has trust. That's what we need to teach people. It's just a matter of who you're going to trust. What you're going to trust. What makes sense? And for me, I want the God who loves me, who actually cares about how many hairs I have on my head, who not even a sparrow falls to the ground apart from him knowing and caring about it. That's what makes sense to me. I'm going to put my trust in him. We are trusting in things that aren't real or that don't have power or that can be taken away or that we fear that we can lose. How does trusting in God translate because God is not something we can lose? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, he's not something we can lose. He's not like we put him in our pocket. <laughs> he is bigger than that. I'm not sure exactly what you're getting at. Can you tune that a little bit for me, fine-tune it? There's just something that's prickling in the back of my mind. How is God different from everything else? You had said that the things that we trust in are the things that we fear losing. And I thought that was interesting. We trust in our own ability to have a career or something. We trust our own education. We trust our ability to bring home the paycheck. Yeah. Because we fear that every week we're going to get the pink slip and we're going to get fired. Right, right, right. That's like a double negative then. So in true God fashion, he would give us a double positive where... <laughs> That's, I love that. <laughs> You better patent that. That's good. <laughs> he, would, he would give us something that we don't have to fear and something that we can't lose. We'll never get a pink slip. Yeah. Amen. Right, 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 right. So here is where it comes to, Drew, I agree. I can't trust either. I know I can't. I am just this sinful, weak human but God gives me birth and he gives me life through this gospel. Yeah. And there it tells me that he loves me when I don't love. It tells me that he forgives me when I don't deserve forgiveness. 
That's love. It shows me that he came to this world to rescue me. He died for my every sin and he rose in victory. And he says he's going to be with me always, even when I'm a jerk. That's love and that's who I trust. Listen, the alternatives suck. They just really do. There aren't any. And it's not like I'm forced to love God. I love to love God, and I think it makes sense, and it's a beautiful thing when he opens your heart and your mind to that. But he's got to do it. It's a, it's a miracle thing. And it happens through the Word of God. It happens through that law and that gospel we were talking about. It happens through the gospel. The gospel. So it's not impossible to trust things other than God, but what you're saying maybe then is it's impossible. These things are not trustworthy. It's impossible to really ultimately trust in them because they can and will let you down. That's why it's impossible with the earthly things. I think actually the earthly things, our spirit naturally gravitates towards what we can see. It's called crass idolatry. People start bowing down to statues because it's something they can see. Now, it represents something more than that statue, but they use that statue. And the Christian, the scripture says, we walk by faith, not by sight. We believe in what we cannot see. And that is the miracle. So believing in what we can see, money, jobs, you know, certificates on the wall represent this or that education. That's natural. But what I'm talking about is supernatural, supernatural trust in God. And it bears supernatural peace, supernatural hope, supernatural love. That's what only God can work. That's the kind of trust we want. And he does it. He does it through the gospel. So each one of these fears, each one of these trusts in a earthly bound thing is a representation of where we're not looking high enough, we're not looking in the right spot for. They're a representation of something that we really want, yeah. that we really need, but we're not yeah. looking to God for it. Yeah, we're looking at the resource instead of the source. And resources can always run out, but you need the source. If you got the source, the resources will never run out. And that's God. So then in order to trust, what are you saying that we got to do? In order to <laughs> refocus from the things yeah. of the world to the supernatural, the things of the natural to the supernatural, what do we have yeah. to do? What's the next step? This is something that we've talked about so many times, and it's why the podcast is named Living Loved. We just soak in God's love, you know, and, and it's explicit in his word, but it's implicit in the creation around us that he made. I think our conversation initially was about maybe how do we trust? How do we experience God? Ultimately, it's how can we genuinely love was one of our questions. And um, we were doing this study on a book Martin Luther wrote. <laughs> we still haven't finished it called Bondage of the Will, talking about fallen humanity and how we can't in our own reason or strength believe in God or come to him. It can only happen by the Holy Spirit who calls us through this beautiful word, gospel. And as we soak in that, I pictured it like a landscaping, you know, a tiered landscaping fountain where there's this source that flows into the fountain and then it fills up a basin. And then the only way that that basin overflows is if the source keeps flowing into it and eventually it fills to the point that it overflows. And that's how faith comes. The source fills us, the Holy Spirit, the message of the gospel, the truth of scripture. He's working, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ around us. It fills us with his love. We start to know who we are and whose we are in Him, forgiven, free, 
And then as he fills us, it's really his love. Only as we get filled more and more that overflows. And, and I would say that's trust, too. Faith, hope, love, all those things. We need to be filled with them all from the source. And like that tiered landscaping fountain, they overflow from our lives. It's not us. It's him. It's his spirit. And we're the vehicles that bring his love and goodness to the world. But it doesn't happen. We don't have faith. We don't have hope. We don't have love until he's filling us, the source. That beautiful passage from John seven thirty seven. Jesus was at the Feast of Tabernacles, and as one of the rituals, they poured water off the altar, and the water would flow, and it would be a sign of abundance, Feast of Tabernacles and God's provision. But here, Jesus translates that he is really what that ultimately pointed towards. And he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. He's talking about the post-Pentecost church when Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit. The risen Christ poured out his Holy Spirit. So it flows from Christ. So you're saying that it'll happen automatically if we just put our whole life in relationship with God. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I love that. Relationship. Yep. It happens as we're walking in relationship to Christ. That beautiful surrender of ourselves, repent and believe the good news. You know, that's the simple words. How do I how do I start this relationship with Christ? And the Bible just says, repent. Just say you're sorry, God. I can't do this myself. I'm just weak. I can't even believe and I have hurt you. I have sinned against you. I have offended your holiness. Please forgive me for the sake of Jesus. I trust that he's real. He died for my sins and he rose in victory because you said so. So I just trust you, God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit now. And that's it. That's the new beginning. And then to walk in it, like, what does this mean? We'll start reading Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and then the rest of the New Testament and understand what that means and then come back and, you know, put it together with the whole Bible. This is a story not just in the New Testament when Jesus came on the scene, but this is a story of all time for all creation. So read the Old Testament. Just keep adding. Keep growing. And uh, in that walk, I will bless you. It's all about just continuing to turn your heart back toward God and toward others. Yeah, just living love. Soak soak in Him. You can't even genuinely love unless it's the overflow of Him. It's really the overflow of a life with Him. And He's abundant in that life. It's so good. Well, as always, thanks, Jim. That's been great. Yeah, really cool. Thank you. I loved it and grateful for our time together. And it's fun. Anyways, I love visiting. I was glad that we got back to trust. I just know it's hard. I know know, we didn't get into that. Like, how does that translate to our relationships with others? The cross. It's the cross. I'm looking for a quick fix answer. I want change to happen now. I want to start working on it. I want things to be better. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to sit and soak and become better. When I say the cross, what I'm saying is it's about loving without the guarantee that that person's not going to hurt you. That's what God does for us. That's what the cross is all about. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved. As God so loved us, so also we also ought to love one another. There's a sense that 
God trusts us when we're unworthy of his trust. And even when we are unfaithful or untrustworthy, he is faithful. He is trustworthy. And there's a sense that because he loves us when we're untrustworthy, he empowers us to love others when they're untrustworthy. To like put ourselves out there to know that it might mean the cross to us. This might really, really hurt. But where Jesus is, there we will be. We follow the master. And so only through him dying to self, rising in him, can we learn how to put ourselves out there and trust people. Because they might hurt us. Only through him can we learn how to put ourselves out there and love people when we know they might not love us back. And that only happens through, you know, living love, like the overflow of the love of Jesus in us. We can't do it, Drew, but he can. And that's what we're praying for, and that's what we're growing towards. I don't want to do it until I feel it. (laughs) God bless you, brother. You ain't going to feel it in this side of heaven. I, no, I, I mean that with a little tongue-in-cheek. I mean, sometimes we feel like loving more than other times. But really, at that point, there's a lot of it that's obedience. And there's blessing in the obedience, right? In John 14, Jesus tells the disciples that he's not going to leave them as orphans. He's going to come to them. He's going to come to them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so again, we've got his power, his spirit. And then he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. His commandment here is summarized in this. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So for us, you know, Jim, as I have loved you, so you must love Sarah. You know, as I laid down my life for you and died for you when you didn't deserve it, you you need to love your wife like that. Like lay down your life for her and die for her when she doesn't deserve it. And then he goes on, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Okay, so Jesus is telling us that, and we're not going to be alone. And then in verse 23, like, this is, I love this. I love this. Like, as we step into that, the power and presence of Christ and the Trinity come and dwell with us. Jesus answered in verse 23, If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. John 14, 23, one of the, one of the great, one of my, I have like a zillion favorite verses, but this one is awesome. Like, what do I want more than anything? I want this relationship with Jesus and the Father and the Spirit to be sweet. And Jesus says, as we put ourselves out there in trust, in love, by the power of His Spirit, we can't do it ourselves, but as we put ourselves out there by the power of His Spirit, we're living love. He says, we experience Him all the more. It's not just that we're putting ourselves out there. We're going to experience Him and His grace and His power and His joy and His peace all the more. And that's a supernatural thing. That's not natural. It's supernatural. Anyways, there you go. Bonus. (laughs) I thought we were done and then nope. The Holy Spirit said, I got some more to say. (laughs) I love you, man. I really do. It's so fun. It's so rich. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Bye. We hope this time together has been an encouragement. No matter what we end up talking about when we get together, though we might have challenged each other or said some hard things, we always walk away from the conversation encouraged because of the fellowship we've shared. We call this podcast Living Love because being confused, asking questions, finding some answers but not every answer, and knowing that you're not all alone in this is what living love by God is all about. You are not alone. Not alone in your experiences. Not alone in your fears. You have a friend in Jesus. 
He is with you right now. The Bible says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am together with you. In fact, I will be with you always and forever. You are welcome to walk with us again anytime, because it can be in the walking out of life, the struggle, the questioning, the tripping up, the falling down, the sitting with each other in the bomb crater, the crying with one another in the loss, that life and answers can still sometimes be found.